Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and today we're going to be talking about the world of cult, in particular the Jehovah's Witnesses. And to do that, we're going to welcome back a guest we had on last week, uh, the author of Freedom to Give, the Biblical Truth About Tithing, Daniel Minnick. Daniel, welcome back. Thank you, Kevin. It's nice to be back on the Basic Bible Podcast. Well, it's been so long since you were here, we felt it was time to bring you on back. <laughs> Seems like it was just today. Yeah, just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Something All right, like that. you know that's that's pulling the curtain back. I guess you guys <laughs> know that we record. You know, I have I have many batch recordings um, going on. And anyway, but we're going to talk about uh, your book, "When the Watchtower Knocks," discussing an encounter with Jehovah's Witnesses. This was a really helpful book. Um, this is uh, not as intimidating as your previous book on tithing, which is over 500 pages long. Uh, but this is a fun book. It's a, it's a conversation. At, well, it's not just conversational. It is a conversation uh, that you have with your brother. Um, so let's back up a little bit. And uh, you tell an interesting story in, in the preface. Tell us about how you got involved in just in the world of apologetics in general. Uh, yeah, so... Um, so b- in the last episode, when we talked about freedom to give, I mentioned that there was a, a relative who challenged me on the Trinity. But even before that, years back when I was in college, uh, as the uh, intro to my book talks about, I was doing door to door at college um, on staff there with some other staff. And um, most uh, Saturday mornings there would be kind of normal, you know, you get some doors slammed, you have a few conversations. And, but one time we had this, uh, we encountered this one guy who was really like drunk, but he seemed to outsmart us too. And he had some kind of like non-denominational, non-church, you know, just uh, solo type of uh, charismatic type uh, beliefs, but somehow my partner and I kind of went under his trance there. We didn't know how to handle it, and he had the control, and he was uh, praying out diseases and so on from us, and then sent us on our way. And then we didn't know what to say. You know, we we're almost like quiet on the drive back, like we just, you know, totally embarrassed and. And I thought from that moment on, like, if I'm going to continue to uh, speak the gospel to people, I really need to immunize myself from this kind of situation. How often is this kind of thing going to happen? And then another time later, um, my brother and I ended up being paired up and we encountered a, a Jehovah's Witness at his house, but we had no idea, like, really what to say to them, to, what to say to him. And so, yeah, I was like, okay, I really need to study the faith, make sure I know who Jesus is and be able to articulate him because there are challenges out there. And the challenges are not just having doors slammed in your face. The challenges are people who want to talk to you and might be able to present um, falsity better than you can proclaim the truth. (laughs) And that's a scary thing because you think about uh, I think a lot of people have this fear where, well, what if I don't have the answer? And I, I believe what I believe. I believe what it, it's true. But what if I, you know, someone challenges me on that and I, and I don't know the answer. And all of a sudden that person is going to reject God based upon 
my failure and, and it can just, you know, escalate from there. Um, but I think uh, websites such as yours and books such as this uh, really are a help to the church and to people who do have that fear because you're presenting in a conversational form a lot of theology and a lot of uh, argumentation in a very user-friendly way. So thank you um, for that. Oh, sure. <laughs> and so uh, let's talk about this, this particular book. So this is, this is a book based upon um, a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness um, that your brother had. Yes. And so, my... so tell us about, yeah, tell, tell us that story. Tell, tell us how that, that evolved into a book. So my brother is the hero of the plot here. So one time he texted me and mentioned that he had about a three hour conversation with two Jehovah's Witnesses that showed up uh, at his apartment. And this was a little bit before I went on to a writer's conference in Philadelphia, a Christian writer's conference. So after I came back there, I wanted to uh, continue the podcast that I was trying to do years ago, it was called the Truth Hub Podcast that's now defunct. And um, I picked up uh, Truth Espresso, which is my current podcast in which, 2019. Which, by the way, has one of the best intros to the podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> Thanks. Including it's, it's this one. Yeah, it's pretty funny, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, when I was trying to do what I called the Truth Hub podcast and going to the writers' conference, it kind of uh, pumped me up. I got to do re more recording. I got to do more writing, and so the book actually started off from a uh, several podcast episodes that I tried to do with my brother at the time. We both worked um, as software developers at the same company, so we tried to record some uh, episodes on our lunch break about uh, his encounter with Jehovah's Witnesses. So starting with the audio, the audio quality when I was trying to record in my car, it didn't turn out very high quality, but um, the conversation that we had was, you know, I, I think is golden. And so um, I figured, okay, let's take this conversation, let's edit it, because um, what better way in my mind to present um, what talking to a Jehovah's Witness might be like a lot of people end up in that situation. And so the, the idea of the book is to say, here is what actually happened. Here's an actual conversation and here uh, with that my brother had, and he and I then get to chat about it and give some commentary and, and tie up some loose ends there. And so it's a conversation about a conversation. So as you said, the book is very conversational. And so I think that makes it readable as you learn what they believe as they say it and how and ways that you can respond and give the truth to what the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, believe. So what encouragement do you have for people? Let's just say that you don't you you're you're sitting at home and you get the knock and all of a sudden you see the nicely dressed young man uh, or sometimes ladies um, and they sound uh, at first and this is one of the things about cults and you know this as well um cults never sound like a cult you know they're not here to say let me let me tell you about some you know weird stuff that we believe um but they sound just like you and you know uh my in my conversations with Jehovah's witnesses and mormons um the fact that i'm somewhat religious already 
they they're encouraged by that and they and they they want to encourage you and they're very uh congratulatory and flattering in that way but that's how you know you they 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 get your your uh defenses down and they can be very deceptive in their language oftentimes using language that you and I would use in our churches uh but have complete total definition so um for someone who is getting that knock on the door what advice do you have for them at that moment? Yeah, uh, knowing that they will be kind, I would say, you know, be kind to them. If you're hostile to them, all you do is kind of confirm them in their belief. But um, so what you want to do is you want to control the conversation. And first, to control the conversation, you need to be willing to listen. So they have something that they want to say, and you could tell them, uh, okay, you know, tell me, you know, act like you're interested, like you are very interested in what they have to say, because if you let them tell you what they want to say, then in turn, they're likely to be interested in listening to what you have to say as you're questioning what they just told you. And so um, be willing to listen, but find ways to control the conversation by asking them questions, because if if they're on the defense trying to answer your questions, and I don't mean be antagonistic with your questions either, but ask some thoughtful questions, even some question that are some softball questions. Like for instance, if you go to uh, Psalm 102 verses uh, 24 through 27, um, you can ask them, make use of their new world translation, have them read from it. Don't just read scripture, but have them read because they trust that scripture very much. And so you want them to see things out of their own Bible, make them read the passage to you. So they see it right there. And it says that, it, that it's describing Jehovah God as the eternal creator and stuff. So you say, you know, this is about Jehovah, right? Yes. So then, okay, can we, can we look at another scripture and you go to Hebrews chapter one and verses uh, 10 through 11, I believe, um, or 12, where it says that it's speaking to the sun. And this is an example of how the conversation could go. And it quotes from uh, Psalm 102 there that's talking about Jehovah God. So you've controlled the conversations. You've, you've asked questions. You've gotten answers. You asked, what is this about? It's about Jehovah. Now you go to another passage and they read it out of their own Bible and they see, okay, it's talking about the son as eternal and the creator of all things and never ages and, and so on. So then you can ask them, you know, who is this about? <laughs> and they see very clearly and most new world translations will have a footnote that will reference back to what they just read before from Psalm 102. And so it's like, okay, uh, why am I seeing this? And so, yes, you can have a very friendly conversation, show your interest in what they have to say. But if you're in control by asking friendly questions, letting them speak, letting them read from their own Bible, um, you can make them think. So how can your book be used to help in that conversation? Because people will get freaked out. Like, I, I don't know, or, or whatever, what if this person is, sometimes we, we, we have the idea that, um, 
we forget these people are human beings. These are yes. <laughs> and uh, they may not know more about their faith than you know about yours. They're, these are not scholars, uh, at least maybe the first time. Um, these, these are people who, you know, need Jesus and they need the real uh, Yahweh. Um, so when, how, how would you prep for that time? Not, of course, you don't know when they're going to come, but, you know, books like this can be used. So how, how can we use your book in preparation for that? Uh, yeah. So reading the book, you see that it's a, uh, it shows how a conversation happened. It shows, it demonstrates most of the questions that they will ask the Christian yeah. at the door. And, and it, you know, it shows some of the passages they like to go to. Uh, for instance, a, know that a Jehovah's Witness is going to want to go to John 1.1 and right. uh, prove that Jesus is a God. And if you know that, but you want to avoid uh, clashing back and forth as much as possible in John 1.1 until you've looked at other passages. They want to go there, try to take them to passages that they might not be familiar with. For instance, Psalm 102 and Hebrews chapter 1 there. Um, so they want to go to John 1.1. And as you see, uh, my brother John did have a conversation about that, but I said in the book, you know, don't you know don't make john 1 1 a battleground if you can help it and they're going to want to go to colossians 1 15 so be prepared you know to talk about how uh jesus is the firstborn of all creation it doesn't mean that he's a creature and you know how their translation adds the word other to show that he created all other things that's not uh, correct but um hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think it's important to remember, and one of the things your book does bring up, you know, it's my experience dealing with, I, I've dealt more with Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. We have more of uh, that group in my area. Um, a lot of these guys, again, they're not scholars. They're not, they may try to go back and get one after encountering, uh, encountering with you, but um, they have a, 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 a pre-programmed response. They've been trained well, almost like a like a salesman. Um, you go here, you go here, you go here. You want to get to here. When you can knock them off that, and you know when because most people aren't going to, they're not expecting um, you or anybody else to be prepared. And so when you already know what you're talking about, when you can get them off uh, their schedule, so to speak, or their their agenda, um, it kind of becomes a new ball game. Uh, yes. And so they have a, you know, kind of their guide, as you mentioned, it's uh, called reasoning from the scriptures. It's kind of in a question and, and answer format. And um, the watchtower is very good. They are a master at rhetoric. They ask rhetorical questions. Um, so they'll present something, um, an argument, and then they'll ask this rhetorical question like that sounds like something you'd ask a, a first grader, you know, with yeah. a yes or no response. And there's only one correct answer according to their question there. And so that's how they're good at making converts of people who are not prepared as they can ask very good rhetorical questions. So just like I said before, you know, if you can ask the questions and you ask the rhetorical questions, the ones that 
you know, have an obvious answer, you can control the conversation with it being a good, fruitful conversation where you let them talk. And um, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about, let's back up a second. Uh, again, these, these are human beings at your door and these are mm -hmm. people that we said that need Jesus. So let's back up and talk about that. And let's just set that foundation. Um, these are people who are, they think they're on their, the, the straight and narrow here. They, they think they're on the right, right relationship with Jesus, uh, but they have been deceived. They've been lost. Um, so tell us just kind of the basics idea here of what is it that the Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong about? Where have they strayed from the path of orthodoxy and into well, damnable heresy? Yeah, so... Um, starting with what we would agree with them on is that, you know, Jehovah's the only true God, at least in the idea of monotheism, there is only one God. And, you know, when we're talking to Jehovah's Witnesses, we need to make sure that we understand and they understand that we believe in one true God. Um, but of course, that one true God is the Trinity. But one of the problems, of course, with Jehovah's Witnesses, where they really go off track is their idea about who Jesus is. They, you know, they'll say he's their savior and their conqueror. But for most Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't really have a true relationship with this created Jesus who they believe was once Mar Michael the archangel who uh, disappeared and then the human Jesus was created and then 33 and a half years later he died and then Michael the archangel was recreated with a, um, a different body than the one that Jesus died in and now he's in heaven and he's going to bring Armageddon and this created Jesus can't really be their savior in the way that we Christians understand that our Savior, as Athanasius actually argued, if, if Jesus is not God, then he cannot be my Savior, because to satisfy the wrath of God against my sin and to be a true substitute requires the one who's both fully God and fully man. And so, yeah, they, they have um, a Jesus who can't truly save them, uh, and he's so distant from them. And most Jehovah's Witnesses believe that really they'll never see Jesus himself. Jesus is going to be in heaven. They'll be on a, a paradise earth recreated in, in new bodies, even the ones even as they're recreated, it's not really them. It's a new creature that's given their memory, and then they live on a paradise earth while Jesus reigns from heaven, and they always have to worry that they might apostatize even in the millennium or in the paradise earth and then be destroyed, and that's it. <laughs> so yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses don't really have a very positive religion of hope. It's, it's almost like eternal eternal insecurity with a Jesus who can never have a real relationship with him because he never really truly died in a, an intimate substitutionary way because he's not fully God for them. Right. And that, that's something we have to keep in mind through all of this. I tell this to my students all the time. When these people knock at your door, realize they don't have the joy in Christ that they don't know the love of God like you do, and they need that. And so that's why it's really important for us. Uh, we don't have to, you know, 
read every book and listen to every lecture and whatnot, but we can read books like yours and be better prepared to at least plant a seed in those people that God has providentially led to your doorstep. Um, mm. you, you, you can use resources like when the watchtower knocks to be uh, on guard and, and maybe just plant that little seed of doubt that God can use, you know, God uses his word. It can change the heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And you never know what's going to happen uh, once that seed is planted. And you could, you could be uh, one of the tools that God uses to bring uh, another child back home. And so, uh, Daniel, thank you for, for writing this book and, and your brother as well. Um, and thank you for sending me a copy. And, um, you know, I always tell people when that, they ask me why I get into podcasting, it's about the free books. <laughs> and uh, not only did you send me a free book, but you, uh, but you autographed it for me as well, both copies. And so I always enjoy that even more. Um, <laughs> and I will be buying a couple of copies of this book in particular to keep in my classroom library as we, uh, as we cover cults toward the end of the year. And it really is. I want to recommend that this book to all of you again. The title is When the Watchtower Knocks, Discussing an Encounter with Jehovah's Witnesses. So, Daniel, thank you so much. Uh, for taking the time today, uh, not only, you know, for this podcast, but our previous podcast. And again, what our what listeners don't know is that we had some technical difficulties and scheduling difficulties, and I'm really glad we were finally able to, to find a time. And so thank you for your patience as well. Oh, uh, no problem, Kevin. It was wonderful to be on the Basic Bible podcast. And so don't forget also about the Truthpresso podcast. You can find that at uh, truthhub.org. And as I alluded to earlier, it's got an awesome introduction. Everything else is good too, but the introduction <laughs> is really cool. Um, but you cover a, a lot of different subjects um, and it's, it, it's really good. Sometimes your wife joins you as well. And so I want to recommend that podcast. I've, I've, I have subscribed to it on my podcast, Catcher, and uh, I hope you will as well. Uh, so thanks for joining us again. Join us back next week. Until then, check out the website, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Basic Bible Cast. And join the conversation in our Facebook group. You can read Ray's ramblings. Um, we'll have Ray Jewell back on the podcast soon. And uh, for our listeners, you're going to be shocked if you see Ray now. Uh, Santa is gone. The beard is over. Um, and so it's a really a whole new person we're dealing with here in Rachel. Anyway, uh, have a great rest of the week and we'll see you back next time.